Don't you know that not listening to the Shenmue AM2 podcast is way uncool? Welcome back to another episode of the Shenmue AM2 podcast. We're your hosts, Andrew. And Matt. And we are here to milk this cow dry, doing more of the character bios. Uh, we get great feedback on these, so... People love them. People love them. We're going to keep doing them. <laughs> and maybe we'll try to do some for two at some point in time, but it's a lot more work to do that, because then we have to kind of figure out some of the backstories ourselves. Mm. So, one for the foreseeable future. <laughs> there will be more of these. <laughs> um, a few things we just want to touch on first is we have not put out a review for Shenmue 1 and 2 HD yet. Um, we are taking our time playing them. I stopped playing it. Until <laughs> the patch comes Til out. whenever the next patch is, which hopefully fixes cutscenes and music and missing sound effects and all the, all the like. And the training glitch where I can't get my moves trained up. Yeah, the, the training thing's weird. And um, the QTE machine, and the blah, 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 and the... Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the game is great. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see, off kind of off tangent here, I was watching Michael Huber on Frame Trap, and they were asking his opinion on it, and he's, he called it perfection. Wouldn't change a thing. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> Be honest with yourself. We'll, we'll, we'll get there when I review. <laughs> we'll, we'll chat about this. Yeah. Um, so we're not reviewing that. However, we do have a review for you. Um, I'm sure everyone's guilty of this every once in a while. You send a text message or Facebook messenger message to the wrong person because it's just the last conversation you were in. <laughs> one night I was in my basement and my wife was coming down to watch TV with me and I said, Hey, can you bring down one of the crisp things? Why are you texting your wife within the same home? Because <laughs> she was upstairs. I was downstairs. <laughs> That's what yelling is for. <laughs> no, I'm civilized people here. Uh... Needless to say, that text went to Matt. He was like, what are you doing? I'm not your slave. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so Matt said, I, I am intrigued by this crisp thing. So oh, yeah. it's a strawberry Kellogg's fruit crisp. Oh, those. Uh, so Matt's going to do... Have you had one of these before? Not this kind. I've had the chocolate ones, and I enjoy them greatly. No, the chocolate... The regular chocolate or the cookies and cream chocolate? Regular chocolate. Oh. They're great with coffee. Ooh. Are we going to share this? There's two of them. We can. As well. Would you want to like link arms and like how they pour champagne? If we were if we were on video, I would do that, but there's no point. <laughs> we're doing it just for the record. We're feeding these to each other. Thanks, Andrew. We're eating it like Lady and the Tramp. Our lips touch. Oops. All right. Um, it's very good. It's very reminiscent of a strawberry pop tart. They are. The frosting on it's a little melted because it was in my pocket. <laughs> that body heat flavor. <laughs> um. Anyways, it's pretty good. I still prefer the chocolate. What would you give it at a 10? Mm. What's a 10 snack for you? And what's a, what's a very low snack? Oh, a 10 snack for me would be... Oh, man, that's tough. <laughs> nice bag of beef jerky, maybe? <laughs> um, I'll give it a... A seven. If it was if it, if it was chocolate, I'd give it eight. <laughs> oh. You can get them at Costco in a thirty pack. There's yeah. like thirty strawberry, twenty chocolate, and I think ten cookies and cream. Nice. I didn't even know they had those ones. Oh yeah. 
It's worth it. And they're not that expensive. <laughs> and they're a great meal. Great All snack right. with your... Well, I'm going to text you randomly sometime. Bring me one of them crispy things. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that out of the way, um, just a few other things. Uh, I think we had mentioned in a previous uh, episode, I got to go to Fan Expo. Um, I was playing in a Settlers of Catan tournament, which I had my ass kicked in. <laughs> uh, but there was also some video games there, because it's kind of like the Canadian version of Comic-Con. Um, Sega was not there. Oh. Nintendo was. I played Smash Bros. Ultimate. You unlocked Ryo Hazuki. He... No, <laughs> that is not true. Damn. I uh, hope it would be true, but no. Although there is an announcement tomorrow. Kazuma Kiryu. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see him in it. Hmm. Uh, but if he is in it, there's going to be huge backlash that Ryo's not in it. Uh, I've had a, I've had enough of the realistic looking characters in Smash Brothers. I want to get back to the mascots. So. You just like put Slippy Toad in there. Yeah, put put Ristar in there. <laughs> Ristar, <laughs> Alex Kidd, <laughs> um, Big the Cat for Smash. No, 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 no. no I'm sorry. Oh, Robotnik would be great. I, I'm. It warms my heart that you call them Robotnik and not. I mean Doctor. Eggman. Eggman would be great. <laughs> Welcome to the Shenmue A podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, I got to play Smash Bros. Ultimate. Oh man, it was tight. Yeah. It was so good. Um, it was four-player demo. I played with three complete strangers. None of them knew each other either. Mm. And too bad it wasn't a Smash Bros. tournament I went to because I won five to zero to one to negative six. I absolutely crushed them. Was that negative six guy just like falling off the cliff on his own? Or? He did kill himself a bunch, but yeah, I, I dominated the match. <laughs> and we played two matches. The second one, I finished second in. Great game. I cannot wait for it. Hopefully Rio's in it. Probably not. Mm. Um, and I do then, hope we get more Sega re- representation, though. It would be fantastic. I fully expect Shadow to be a Echo Fighter. Echo Fighter, though. Um, I also qualified for the tournament next year. <laughs> uh, when I came back the following weekend, I played again. And th- next year, it's not at Fan Expo. It's at some video game conference. So maybe, just maybe, Sega will be there. But I'm thinking by the time I actually do it, Shenmue 3 will already be out anyways. Hopefully. Yeah. I don't think it would be at a Sega booth anyways, because they're not... A big they're not Sega, um, yeah, but they're not going to come to Canada either. Yeah. Probably. So, I think that's it. Hold tight for our review. <laughs> it's coming eventually. I'm taking my time playing the first one, because I'm really trying to uh, get as much as possible done in it. Yeah. I still got to get a whole bunch of uh, uh, capsule toys to get the 50 capsule toy achievement. Um... So let's hop into our character bios here. Um, did you kind of choose yours at random again? Um, the first time we did this, I, I generally did it from the the first few pages, and the second time I did it from the last few pages, and this time I just picked a page in the middle, and I basically got a bunch of people from the same page. I kind of went with a theme with mine, and you'll once I say this, who the second person is, you'll be like, okay. <laughs> um... You can go first, Matt, if you like. Okay. Okay, my first one is Toshiki Kagawa. Role is thug who comes and goes from the guy industries. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to pick him before I decided on my theme. <laughs> uh, male, age 32, um, 172 pounds, 5'8", blood type B, zodiac sign Leo, wear, Nagai Industries, birth date, 8-9, which is August 9th. Um, 
the senior member of Na- this senior member of Nagai Industries is not a man of physical strength, but he has earned the fullest confidence of Nagai because of his keen nose for gathering behind-the-scenes information. Uh, thanks to Kagawa's information, Nagai Industries has escaped from pol- police raids seven times, and Nagai himself has survived five attacks by hitmen. All thanks to this guy. Um, Jeez, that's deep. <laughs> even Hasegawa-san, a fellow senior member, admits his superiority. <laughs> Being a stay-at-home kind of person, Kagawa seldom goes out of the building where Nagai Industries is located. He lives in the same building and has all his meals delivered. <laughs> He only goes up and down the stairs and hardly steps out outside. He is having trouble with his weight due to lack of exercise. <laughs> so this guy just, he's an indoor kid. He stays inside all day uh, and just is paranoid. <laughs> it's like, I think I hear police coming. <laughs> and he saved them seven times. I think I hear some hitmen. <laughs> That that's must be the only explanation, because he can't be out and about, like, gathering leads or hearing <laughs> rumors unless those are coming to him in the building, because he never leaves the building. He's just got everything wiretapped. Yeah, he's must have... like, tin can phones. Yeah, yeah, he's got tin can trip wires everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So that guy's pretty, uh, interesting. I, I stopped reading his when it was like, guy that comes and goes from the guy industries. It was like, <laughs> eh, that could be good, but I had a theme. <laughs> Uh, my first one is Hiroki Takuchi. His role is Ryo's co-worker. He's male, 5'7", blood type A, he's a Libra, 38, 183 pounds, and his birthday is October 20th. Ryo's co-worker Hiroki is 38 years old and married with children. <laughs> what was that theme song again? Love and marriage. Oh, yes, yes. After the trading company that he worked at suddenly went bankrupt, probably something to do with Nagai Industries, <laughs> uh, he started working at Alpha Trading Office as a forklift operator. At first, he had trouble getting used to driving the lift and the layout of the new workplace, but he is now beginning to feel comfortable with his job and has made friends, like Rio. He is a friendly, cheerful family man. They do Just not... like Guile. <laughs> what? Go home and be a family man. It's a Guile quote. Oh. Street Fighter. Uh, they do not mention that he drives forklift number one. I but, thought that was odd. But he does. He does. Um, <laughs> I looked it up. Now, Frig. <laughs> now, if uh, if you don't come in... Um, he comes in first if you don't come in first. Yeah, so that's the same for all of them, right? Yeah, I think they always finish in... Unless you, like, interfere somehow, they tend to always finish in the order that they're numbered. <laughs> and he also starts first in the race. Unfair advantage. Yeah. Well, he got pole position in the in the qualifying lap <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. on Sunday, on Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, my next one is Susumu Susumu Akategawa. Susumu Akategawa. Owner of Yamaji Soba Noodles. Um, male, 57. Height, 5'2". Weight, 150. Blood type B. Birth date, uh, February 10th. Aquarius. Um, I miss that place, the Aquarius Tavern. <laughs> Uh, Susumu Akategawa has been producing his special soba buckwheat noodles for more than 30 years. He has the utmost confidence in his skill. However, he is concerned about his declining health and wonders if he should retire after giving his student Kiyoshi training on how to knead soba. Akategawa was 27 when he first learned the art of making soba, 10 years after becoming a live-in student. Later, he came to realize that it takes 10 years to learn to make soba correctly, taking into account color, cooking, and delivery time. 
Delivery time's part of making soba correctly. Oh, he must mean delivery to the table, not like... 30 minutes or it's Yeah, free. yeah. <laughs> uh, following the custom of Yamaji soba noodles, he has had Kiyoshi deliver his soba for almost 10 years. They must mean the, like, out and about delivery. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, how do you train to have a better delivery boy? <laughs> uh, he secretly hopes that his daughter will marry Kiyoshi and that they will take care of him when he gets older. This is what Akatagawa usually daydreams about while preparing the soba. So he's just doing his job, dreaming of being an old drooling man and being waited on hand and foot by the guy who's learning from him. And the guy daughter. who's bagging his daughter. <laughs> Such a weird thing to dream about. Uh, I can't wait. I just can't wait for that time in my life. <laughs> uh, he wants to be taken care of. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Tired of making these damn noodles. My second one is Hitoshi Numakubo. He is also Ryo's co-worker. <laughs> I can see your theme. He's male, 5'11", blood type A. He's an Aries, age 23, weight 177, birth date March 24th. Hitoshi Namakubo works with Ryo at the harbor job. He has just graduated from university. His goal is to become a writer, so he works daytimes in the harbor and writes at night. A literary enthusiast, Hitoshi is sensitive and he talks in a gentle manner. He seems to be impressed by Ryo's character, and thus he is kind to him. <laughs> That's it? That's it. Wants to be a writer. Hmm. Hmm. Odd. Went to university, drives a forklift, wants to be a writer. There ain't no work for writers. No. <laughs> it's all tweeting and social media, vlogging and blogging. And... In 1986. Yes. <laughs> Uh, my next guy is Satoshi Shinoda, the owner of Global Travel Agency. Uh, male, 45, 150 pounds, 5'8", uh, March 16th birth date, Aries, uh, sorry, April 16th. Um, so, Satoshi is the manager of the Global Tra Travel Agency. He was born and, uh, born and raised in Yokosuka and is a very polite man. The Global Trade... Bleh. The Global Travel Agency is one of the largest travel agencies in Japan, and the main office is located in Otemachi. Shinoda was one of the elite employees working there until he became a scapegoat for a company for the company during a scandal. <laughs> Yours are way more interesting than mine. There's scandals and scapegoat. Yeah, he was transferred to this branch, and it, and he is working diligently as usual without being depressed. <laughs> oh, I was scapegoated by the company. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Put a smile on my face. <laughs> Stop! I had a mouthful of water there. <laughs> <laughs> he is cheerful and friendly. For a long time after he was transferred, he lived alone. But he recently, he, but recently, he brought his wife and children from Tokyo, uh, so that they could live as a family again. Well, <laughs> my coworkers tried to railroad my career, <laughs> but I make the best of this. <laughs> they tried to railroad my career. <laughs> uh, I like to leave my wife and kids behind. Yeah. Uh, for a few years. Oh, uh, I like a guy who can... Uh, <laughs> I like a guy who can take a good railroading. Yeah. Who can, <laughs> a, a guy who can see the brighter side of life. <laughs> My, uh... Oh, just to note, uh, Hitoshi Numa Kubo drives forklift number two. Uh, as you may have guessed, my next one is Chiyoshi Murakami, one of Ryo's co-workers. <laughs> who drives forklift numero trois. 
He's male, 5'10", blood type AB. He's a Libra, 18 years old, 135 pounds, October 12th for the birthday. He works on the same crew with Rio. He regards Rio as his rival, possibly because they're the same age. <laughs> his favorite pastime is watching professional wrestling matches and going to the theater. <laughs> he Which is professional wrestling <laughs> match. It's basically theater. <laughs> he is from Sapporo, and his family owns a small souvenir shop there. The only thing he worries about is having no girlfriend. Oh, that's why he's jealous, because of Rio's girlfriend uh, prospects. <laughs> Maybe, but I don't know. He's Rio's rival. I think this guy pops up later. <laughs> I think this guy is second in command in the Chiyu Men right below Cool Z. No, this guy is, uh, what's it? Baihu. It's actually Baihu, this guy. <laughs> this guy's Baihu. <laughs> Baihu. Let's try to drop a Baihu conspiracy theory into every episode going forward. Yes. Um, my next one, uh, she doesn't have a funny background or anything, but I wanted to play a clip, so I'm going to talk about her. Uh, this is Jia Zhuyu, owner of Russia China Shop. Female, age 60, 106 pounds, uh, October 9th, 5-1, blood type B, Libra. The owner of the Russia China Shop, Zhuyu, is from Guangzhou, Guangdong, <laughs> Uh, when she was a child, her family moved to Hong Kong with her father's trading business. Schooled in England, in keeping with her father's doctrine that only cosmopolitan people can be successful in the modern world, she is a well-educated woman. After her elder brother died in the Japan-China incident, <laughs> is that what it says? Yeah, her father's expectations for a successor to the family business shifted to Zhu Yu. Uh, Japan's China incident. Is that like... Uh, <laughs> there's so many incidents in World War II that could be referring to. Um, so she was married at the age of 22 to a man named Ong who worked under her father. They have a son and daughter. At the age of 42, Zhu Yu came to Japan with her son's family. Taking advantage of her fluent Japanese, she started a business in Japan. She dealt in antique imports and exports in Yokohama for a while, and her son opened the Rushia China Shop in Yokosuka. Her son and daughter-in-law are currently residing in the U.S. on business, so Zhu Yu is taking care of her grandson, Gao Wen. Uh, she loves the child deeply and spoils him, but she's strict about teaching manners and proper social conduct. Hey, mister! Wanna <laughs> wrestle? <laughs> Please don't ask strange men to wrestle. <laughs> Unless it's Tiyoshi Murakami, he may take you up on it. <laughs> <laughs> Only cosmopolitan people can be successful in the modern world. Okay, so I wanted to bring her up because I recently was playing Shenmue, and I uh, came across like a rare piece of dialogue from Yamagishi, and I captured it, but it was the Japanese one, so there's not going to be any subtitles if I play it. So I found uh, another clip of it on uh, on YouTube in English, and it's uh, Yamagishi giving Ryo an English lesson. Yamagishi-san. Oh, it's you, Ryo. Are you off somewhere? I'm going to the china shop in Dobuita. Ah, the shop run by that nice lady. Very high quality goods, but their sign is horrid. And isn't the correct spelling Russia and not Roshia? What's the difference? Roshia is our pronunciation of the word, and Russia is the English spelling. As English is the more prominent language in Yokosuka, it should be spelled Russia. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have never seen that <laughs> again. This game keeps on giving. I know. <laughs> That's kind of a weird scene to to view when they're speaking English because he's giving him an English lesson. <laughs> Are you good? Yep. Uh, my next one is Yohei Kondo, aka the stoner guy <laughs> who well let's just read about him okay he's also Rio's co-worker male 59 blood type O he's a Leo age 19 155 pounds July 29th for the birthday excuse me he was born and raised in Sakura Guaca Gauka Gauka not Guaca it's not guacamole <laughs> but unlike most of the locals, he doesn't like Dabuita very much. The reason for this stems from an incident that happened during his junior high school days when some foreign sailors robbed him of all the money he had received as spending money from his relatives for the new year. Since then, he is very reserved, although he can be intimidating. Now he is a college student working at a convenience store, but seldom goes to class. He looks at Minako Harai, whose life is flamboyant and flippant, and believes that she'll have a bitter experience someday. In reality, compared to Monaco, he is worse off for not making the most of his life. This is evident from the fact that he can't save money no matter how hard he works. He has two jobs. They Do don't even have... mention he's a forklift driver here. Um, <laughs> how do you know it's him, then? It's him. I can tell by the picture. <laughs> um, he, uh, he works at tomato convenience in the evenings, but he's a forklift driver uh, during the daytime at the harbor. Um, and he's, is he the fifth place guy? He's the fourth place guy. Oh, Rio's fifth. Place. Uh, but yeah, he always finishes fifth because yeah. uh, you have to be uh, incredibly unskilled at driving a forklift to not beat this stoner. <laughs> uh, he's always putting one, like chopping one hand into the other at the convenience store. Um, <laughs> and apparently he's terrible with money. He's probably spending it on pot. My guess would be pot. Is he a stoner guy? Yeah, he talks like he talks really stonish. Oh. Stonerish. <laughs> um, he's a college kid, man. He's got to be. Yeah. Not he's saying all college wasting kids. Wasting his life. Yeah. Uh, that, that's him. <laughs> so that that's all the. Is that all of them? That's four of them. I still. Oh right. Yeah, I went first. Okay. My last guy um, is Harry Thompson. Role hired by Jimmy to attack Rio. Uh, that's what he looks like if you remember him just one of those goons early on um, age 31 192 pounds birth date uh, April 24th uh, 510 AB blood type Taurus and where can he be found in events only um, Harry is the leader of a gang of foreign sailors he is a roughneck but he can be a friendly person when he decides to be he learned martial arts when he was in the Navy and made a living as a street fighter for a while after being dis uh, discharged from military service. He racked up a legendary 98 consecutive victories in his hometown in Texas. His pals call him Crazy Harry because once he gets angry, nobody can handle him. 98 consecutive victories in any sort of fighting ring or like organized thing where you fight is insane. So my only logical conclusion... He's a pathological liar? No. The reason they call him Crazy Harry is because he was fighting children. <laughs> <laughs> He's just fighting boxcar guys? 
No, he's just, you know, going to, like, karate clubs and uh, fighting all the little kids. And there goes Crazy Harry beating on children again. <laughs> Jeez. 98 wins is impossible. Come on. No, there's... I, this is one of the earliest guys Rio takes out, and Rio has barely begun his journey. And there's, like, he's not as strong as you'll get by far. And you can take this guy out so easy. <laughs> 98 wins! <laughs> 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 he, yeah, he's just fighting, like, <laughs> sick children. Like, yeah. I don't know what he's... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a stiff be. breeze could knock this guy over. <laughs> um, Maybe he was fighting stiff breezes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my last guy is none other than Mr. Mark Kimberly. Is that a real last name, Kimberly? It's Mark's last name. I know, but in real life. <laughs> it has to be. There's someone that has the last name Kimberly, <laughs> and his name is Mark. He is also Rio's co-worker. Male, 29, 5'10", 174 pounds, blood type O, July 21st. He is a cancer, like me. Mark met, uh, yeah. Mark and met Rio in the workplace. Contrary to his appearance, he speaks fluent Japanese. Mark is a warm, quiet person with a strong philosophical character. He often spies on the underworld elements of New Yokosuka Harbor for some unknown purpose. As he and Rio become closer, they developed a friendship. Or he, as he and Rio became closer, they developed a friendship and began conspiring together, each for their own purpose purposes against the criminal element in the harbor. They talk nothing about his brother potentially being killed by the Mad Angels. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure he drives forklift number six as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, they really don't talk about Mark or his lunch being kicked into the harbor. (laughs) That's the big plot twist. (laughs) Plot twist. (laughs) There goes the lunch in the harbor. His lunch, Mark's lunch, is third in command in the Chiyu men <laughs> behind it. Uh, who did I say was second? Mark, Mark's lunch is Baihu. <laughs> <laughs> who did I say was second? Was it Hatoshi? I don't know. Whoever it Some was. Guy. It's it's Coolzy, that guy, then Mark's lunch, <laughs> uh, then... Um, then then Landy. <laughs> no, there's still other stuff before Landy. There's the uh, Bellwoods pop machine. As you come into just the one by the bus stop in the Yakuza Harbor, yeah. that's up there. Um, <laughs> All high-ranking members of the chief. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I did notice in this uh, book: they list these specific five guys mm. as Rio's co-workers, but everyone else that drives a forklift is just listed as forklift driver. Hmm. How many are there in total, I wonder? There's at least 25 forklifts in the harbor. Oh, my God. 25 different characters? Yep, there's 20. That's the highest number. It's either... I know I've seen 25. There may be a 35. I don't think there is. I think it's it's tops at 25. Wow. A lot of forklifts. Yeah. Especially when you're trying to move the crates on the third day of work. Mm-hmm. They get in the way. And that's a tight time frame if you want to move all 20 crates that all day. All you got to do is run into them and they will eventually uh, infinity gauntlet out of existence. <laughs> Mark Kimberly, I don't feel so good. Um, uh, by who? I don't feel so good. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that's our character bios. We will have more, guaranteed. Mm, they're too uh, fun. They're too fun to do. We're sitting here laughing our asses off during this. <laughs> Um, we don't know like which Matt knew what I was doing, but uh, I didn't know who Matt was picking. And there were some great backstories in there. Again, so much work goes into these. I know it really is amazing. ridiculous. <laughs> um, 
you can find us on social media. We are at ShenmueAM2Pod on Twitter. Uh, we may not be able to follow you back if you follow us. There's something up with our Twitter. I'm not sure. Twitter's impossible to get a hold of. Hmm. Um, yeah, we need to figure that out. Uh, ShenmueAM2Podcast at gmail.com if you want to send an email. We do have some interesting guests coming up. We still need to schedule them. Um, I know there's going to be times that I'm away. I'm not sure if Matt has things scheduled. So, And then we got to work with our guest schedules and time zone differences. And But we will get people on the show. Um, we're on Facebook. We have a group. We have a page. Find us there. Thanks for the reminder. But that's my line. We also accept telegrams and those things you can put behind a plane uh, <laughs> that have like the letters. You can find us there as well. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna be the first sky written podcast. <laughs> it's gonna take remarkable amounts of jet fuel to, <laughs> to do this. Is yeah. that in the budget? I don't, I, uh, money's no object. <laughs> we may have to start a Patreon to uh, achieve sky writing. Yeah, it'll be worth it in the end though. It's gonna look great. Yeah, here in Saint John, New Brunswick, where we have nothing but fog half the time <laughs> yeah the episode this week was brought to you by Lilai eatery if someone runs through your meal knocks it over chasing a child we'll give you 50 percent off your next bill <laughs> it happens more often than you think